The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter 54. Generally, in morning prayer, we read a chapter of Scripture as we move through the entire Bible. It started quite a while ago from Genesis. We read chapter 54 this morning. I want to read just three verses of Scripture. And we read it this morning. Our brother John read that. And it just was instantly quickened. And as I thought and prayed throughout the day, I've uh, received a word from Minister Gill, just different supernatural things that took place to confirm the word of the Lord tonight. Now, many times I'll move through a series, but Wednesday we just sort of flowing. So who knows what will happen next Wednesday. Uh, this is what the Lord is serving up for tonight. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 1. Sing, O barren. You who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out your curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. I want to read verse 3 altogether, New King James. If you don't have that, it's up on the screen. Ready? For you shall expand to the right. <coughs> will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Come on, lift your voice and ask God to speak to you tonight. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for those of you, you may be seated. Thank you for those of you that have been praying for me. I really appreciate that. I've been... Uh, struggling with a horrible cold that's lasted almost, I think it's three weeks, and um, it has um, done a number on my vocal cords. And so I'm going to try to restrain from getting too excited tonight, but it's going to be tough <laughs> because this text is absolutely amazing. And if the Word of God doesn't move you, you need, to, you need to ask that God would open your heart, open your eyes. The, the word, at the entrance of his word, Psalm 119, it brings light. God wants to give you an encounter tonight in his word that changes you, that illuminates your heart, that opens up your, your, your mind to the scriptures. As they walked with him on the road to Emmaus, he opened their minds to the scriptures. And I believe that that's a, a good prayer to pray. Oh God, open my mind to the scriptures. There's many people who would say, well, it's not about your mind. Oh, that's nonsense. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your 
mind, with all your soul and all your strength. Most of the time, Pentecostal spirit-filled people are lazy with their minds. But we don't want to be that here. Amen? Amen. So may God speak to us. The, the book of Isaiah is... Um, it's definitely one of the most profound books in all of Scripture. How many books are in the Bible? I'm going to 66 different books. 66 different books. How many know how many chapters are in Isaiah? 66. There is a division in the, in the, uh, in the Bible. There's 39 Old Testament books and 27. I got that right? 27 New Testament books books. Do you know in the book of Isaiah chapter 40, everything takes a turn. It's almost like an Old Testament and a New Testament. You look at Isaiah, it's actually profound. And Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 3 would be worth looking up. It talks of and speaks of the prophet, the last Old Testament prophet, John the Baptist. Prepare a way before the Lord. Isaiah 40 verse 3, the voice of one calling. In the desert, prepare your way, the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. It's profound. This passage, Isaiah 54, comes after, I'm going to say, in my opinion, I mean, even as I say it, I start thinking of other texts, but I'll just say one of the most amazing prophecies of Jesus. Isaiah 53. You can read Isaiah 53 to just about anybody with a Judeo-Christian background and, they'll say, and ask them, who am I talking about? Don't tell them you're reading the Bible. Just read Isaiah 53. Anybody with a Judeo-Christian background, I don't mean they have to be born again or anything. Usually they'll go, that kind of sounds like Christ or something, Jesus or something like that. That's right, because 700 years before the Messiah ever came was prophesied that he would come, and that's Isaiah 53. Isaiah 54 precedes that, 53, 50, 54. And it's a prophecy on how God will cause Israel to to increase and to flourish, to bloom, if you will. And it's, it's, it's really profound. He, he uses a metaphor. How many of you know what a metaphor is? A metaphor, let me give you, let me read you the Webster's. A metaphor, the application of a word or phrase to somebody or something that's not meant literally, but to make a comparison, for example, saying somebody is a snake. Or when I took the, the, the pastorate in Molokai, was there for about six months, came back to Maui, and I'd placed 40 pounds on my frame at the time I was on Molokai, came back, and one of our pastors who hadn't seen me said, oh, you're as big as a house, right? So how many of you know I was not a house, but I was as big as a house? Or you're as thin as a rail. Those are metaphors. And uh, love is a battlefield. That's another metaphor. I know you're about to sing some Pat Benatar song, but don't do it. Don't do it. Not in the house of the Lord. Love is a battlefield. <laughs> metaphors. So when the prophet Isaiah is, is speaking to his people and he says to them, sing, O barren. 
you who've not born. In ancient Israel, and not unlike today in some cultures, to be barren was shameful. It was not only shameful, it was humiliating. And it was not only humiliating, it was really considered that if you weren't able to have children that you were cursed. And there was reproach on you. You can even read when Elizabeth and, and Zachariah, he didn't believe the angel, but the angel comes and tells him and says the prayer that you used to pray, which is the right way to interpret that the Greek the prayer you used to pray has been heard your wife will be found with a baby you're going to call him John and he's going to be great and he's going to turn the hearts of the fathers and this the prophetic word of, of Isaiah 40 verse 3 and in other places Malachi comes to pass as Elizabeth it becomes pregnant but he says he says the angel how do I know this is going to be true and he says you fool you idiot that would be the amplified version what kind of a special stupid are you? That would be amplified. <laughs> I'm, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of the Lord. I told you. And, and, and you didn't, now you're going to be just deaf and dumb. That's what you're going to be. And, and so he gets judged. He gets judged. And during those verses of Scripture in that chapter, and then as she has her child, it says that the reproach was lifted. Off of them. What's that talking about? It's talking about being barren and having no children. Now, we don't think that way now. We don't think that way now. But let me just tell you that every one of our lives, everyone here, everyone under the sound of my voice has a place of barrenness somewhere. What do you mean? A place that's not bearing the kind of fruit that you wish it would. A place that, uh, where, where maybe it just sort of mocks and laughs at you. Even though the promises of God says one thing, then you have this barrenness that, that sort of yells at you. And so as God's people were returning from, to return to ba from Babylon, there was a barrenness about them. It was a sad time. And the, and the Lord is basically telling them, hey, you're as big as a house. <laughs> He's telling them, you're going to be blessed. You ought to just start shouting. You ought to start singing because more are the children of the desolate woman. Amen. There's some keys here that'll really help us. The Lord likens this captive Israel to a barren woman and, and tells her now sing. How many of you know if you're feeling barren? I, mean, I talked about it already. Maybe the last thing you want to do is be like, sing. And actually, that's exactly what you should do. More the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman. You know, the Babylonian exile and captivity was, was brutal for Israel. Seventy years. And when they returned at, at the decree and Cyrus' decree and all of that as they returned... It was an overwhelming task to rebuild the land. And God, through this text, says to them, he gives them a promise of a glorious release of the exile, and he gives them a promise of glorious restitution and a lifting of the reproach. Because when people would look at Israel, they'd be like a byword. What kind of a cursed nation is that? How many of you know Israel's blessed? I remember talking to a Jewish friend. 
And they said, oh, you're God's chosen people. He said, well, I wish God would choose somebody else. <laughs> it's a joke. They're glad to be God's chosen people. And they say, well, if we're God's chosen people, I would hate to be his unchosen. <laughs> you know, because of the Holocaust and all the things and everybody wants to kill him. You know why everybody wants to kill Israel? I'm going to tell you why. You know why? Here, here's why. Because the very existence of Israel is proof that God exists. Because there is no way that a nation could exist and go through all that it's gone through and come back together according to Scripture. There's no way it could happen unless God was on the throne. And the devil's constantly trying. And there will be ongoing onslaughts and, and from, from the God-haters and those that are demonically inspired. And, and the Lord says, start singing. Sing, you who are barren. Sing, you who are desolate. Are you telling me, Pastor, that the Lord's, the Lord's telling me that if I got a broken, barren place, that I should sing? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm telling you. You see, many times we don't move in the opposite spirit, but I'm telling you, if you'll learn to return kindness for, for those who have taken an assignment against you, you learn to return words of blessing instead of cursing, then God will cause the thing to turn around. One of the answers to, this, to the problem and the battle that you're in is to learn to move in the opposite spirit. A kind word turns away wrath. But I'll tell you, most people don't learn to do that. Most people, we don't want to sing when we're barren, when we're withered. We don't feel like singing. Rise and shine, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And I'm going to tell you, when the deep darkness has covered the earth, but the Lord says, rise and shine. Well, I don't feel like rise and shine. Rise and shine and give God the glory. Rise and shine and give God the glory, glory. Rise and shine Give God the glory, glory, children of the Lord. I've told the story before of witnessing and going door to door and having somebody just pull a full-on high-speed demonic come apart in my face as I'm standing there screaming and yelling. And as I graciously argued in a, like a nice Christian, although getting angry, I mean, you don't talk about, oh yeah, bless you, man. Yeah, bless you. That's like, I want to beat you down right now, but I'm saying bless you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah, uh-huh, oh yeah. God bless you. You know what I'm talking about? God bless you right now, as a matter of fact. You know what the fivefold is? You know what I'm going to tell you what the fivefold is. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so this guy really lost his mind, and, and uh, he's screaming at me to get off this property, and he's dialing the police or whatever. I don't know. It got him really crazy. He just steps out, opens the screen door, and hauls off and spits. And I'm not talking an average, I'm talking like a man spit. Not a little dusty, cute girl spit. I'm talking like he worked it up and planted it right in my eye. And you know, I wasn't feeling all Christian-y right then. I've told the story, but I, I, I left. Talking about moving in the opposite spirit. I'm talking about singing if you're feeling barren. I'm talking about lifting your hands when that's the last thing in the world you want to do. I'm talking about declaring the truth of God's word over you even when everything else shouts. 
Oh, it ain't going to work. Oh, you're never going to make it. The barrenness at work, the barrenness in your marriage, the barrenness that you have physically, the barrenness that you have maybe in your walk with the Lord. Learn to move in the opposite spirit. God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to increase his promises. Yes and amen towards you. The Moffat version of the Bible says his promises are yes and amen, not, a, not an ambiguous blend of maybe. When you see yes, it means yes, and you stand on that, you decree it, you sing it, you shout it, you write it out, you put it in your mind, tattoo it on your heart until it comes to pass. And if it hasn't come to pass yet, then you're not done resisting the devil. Submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. If he's still around, you're still feeling discouraged, we'll just keep singing, just keep shouting, just keep declaring, just keep proclaiming, just keep giving, keep serving, just keep swimming, 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 just keep swimming. That was a movie reference. Finding Nemo, that's right. That's how I learned to spell escape, actually. Escape. <laughs> Some of you think I'm kidding. Praise the Lord, it's actually true. <laughs> escape. See, because you're not going to escape if you don't keep swimming. You're not going to make it out of your barrenness unless you learn to sing and respond differently. I mean, what are the options? Cave in, throw in the towel, fold up, you know, throw in the towel, just call it quits. Oh, well, give it the good old Collins try. That, that's, not, that's not even Christian. Sing you who are barren. I won't ask you to raise your hands if you've got a barrenness, barren place in your life, but I will tell you that every single person here does. And if you're walking in the greatest blessings of your life, praise the Lord, so am I. But at the same time, I see where God wants to bring me, where God wants to bring us. And then I have all of circumstances that just tries to prophesy doom. Oh, Come on, some of you just need to sing. <laughs> we should get back to the text, huh? Let's do that. You know, Paul references uh, this text in Galatians chapter 4, uh, verse 27. Will you put that up? Galatians chapter 4, verse 27. And uh, he, he's referencing the miraculous birth of those who are under the new covenant is what he's talking about. And I think Paul probably also intended the phrase, more are the children to indicate the children of the new covenant. Wow, rejoice, O barren. You see it? You who do not bear. He's quoting Isaiah 54 right here. And it's in relation to the old covenant and the new and more of the new, those of the new covenant. It's a fascinating scripture, really. Wow. Then he who has a husband. My, my, my. Listen, God wants you to flourish. God wants Israel to flourish. God wants the church of the living God to flourish. But it does not happen just because you feel like it or just because you showed up. 
You have to learn to overcome yourself. You have to learn to overcome demonic opposition. You have to learn. You say, well, I don't believe the devil is gone because Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the grave. Yeah, I believe that we have authority because Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the grave. But even the apostle Paul said, Satan, I wanted to come to you time and again, but Satan hindered me. Now, if Satan could hinder the apostle Paul, who wrote basically most of the letters in the New Testament, I think it'd be fair to say that Satan could possibly, very possibly hinder you, hinder me. Hinder the church, hinder the vision. It's interesting, you know, um, our, our building project uh, is going wonderfully. And I really say that prophetically, we have so many obstacles, but what else is new? And uh, actually things happen so smooth that the first part of it, I, I think I said to my wife, I certainly said to the Lord numerous times, I'm like, dude, where's the battle? Where's the battle? And I was thinking this is just, let me just check to make sure we're not being duped here. Where's the battle? Where's the battle? And then, poof, oh, there it is. There it is. I got you. Hey, you're here. There you are. It wasn't like I was asking for it. I just know that you can't move from being a local church to being a regional church, buy the foremost piece of property in a region, and build the kind of building that we're building, and reach the kind of souls that God wants us to reach, do the kind of expansion and church planting apostolic efforts that he wants us to do, and not face an enemy. Yes, he's defeated, but you have to declare him defeated. You have to keep him underneath your, you have to write scriptures on the bottom of your shoes so he can read them. You need to keep him there. You need to keep your, your foot on his neck and declare the kingdom of God and you need to watch your heart and watch your mind and keep above a fence and you got to watch people 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 you have to watch what's going on and you got to pray through you got to pray through we war not against flesh and blood but against powers and principalities rulers in dark places we have authority but you have to take it many people have a sovereign view of spiritual warfare and just be like well if God loves me he's just going to come and, and just take care of it for me I'm going to tell you something God's not going to come and do what he gave you authority to do Right, do you understand? There's a time that I helped my kids get dressed. Then they learned and now they dress myself, dress themselves. Then we helped them pick their clothes, but they were dressing themselves. Now, I don't, you know, I don't pick my kids' clothes. Hannah, did I pick what you were wearing tonight? No. Yeah, she's old enough. She's grown up. She can make, listen, God wants you to grow up and move out of a sovereign view and begin to exercise your God-given, blood-bought right over the enemy. Take your pointy little prophetic finger and drive him on out of your life, out of your family, out of your house, out of your emotions. He wants you to shout even though you're feeling like you're barren. He wants you, hey, I might be barren right now, but children are on the way, glory to God. The promises of God are yes and amen. I'm going to come through this thing. Oh, it might be raining right now, but somewhere there's a rainbow. There, another metaphor, there's a silver lining in every cloud. And if you feel broken, welcome to the human race. Now pull yourself up by your bootstraps and quit belly aching, looking at all the wind and the waves, and fix your eyes on Jesus. Yeah. Weeping may endure for a night, and God knows we've been there. And, and you know, weeping is, is, is a, it's a, it's weeping. Tears. 
And it can be all night where you cry and you don't know what you're going to do and you weep. But in the end, stand up on your feet or it again will become demonic. If you keep prophesying devil prophecies over your life, what makes you think you're actually going to end up with the impregnation, if I can use the metaphor? What makes you think you're actually going to get rid of the barren place? No promise towards you for that. But if you will learn to sing, if you'll learn to declare it, if you'll learn to proclaim it, then God will come through for you. Let me just give you some steps from this text about how to walk into the blessing even though you might find yourself in the cesspool right now. Okay, maybe you just have a big toe in the cesspool. I don't want any part of my life in the cesspool. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The only way to stay clean in the midst of a cesspool is have, a, have fresh water running out of your hose. As soon as you turn the hose off, the cesspool will fill your garden hose. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? So you can live in this world that's defiled and broken. You can live in this world where there's hate and anger and people trying to shame and, and bring stuff on you or to you. But if you'll learn to just flow the shout of the Lord, learn to sing. It's a picture of the sound of heaven. It's a picture of the worship of heaven. It's a picture of, of the flow out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. You, you need to let those rivers flow. Some of you are all dammed up. Blocked up. Some of you got offended because I said damn. <laughs> Blocked up. Stopped up, corked up. Come on, God wants your cup to overflow, but you lost your cup. You cracked your cup. You need a new cup. Verse one and two are really two sides of the same coin. Verse three is really the is really the promise here. You shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Oh, that last, the desolate cities inhabited. I see uh, four or five things here, probably four, but we'll see. The first thing is, understand that Jesus rose again from the grave. So understand that though he was dead, counted amongst transgressors. He rose again. And you might feel like that, but there's resurrection power living on the inside. There's resurrection power. Let's scare you. Living, let's, I, I tried to. There's resurrection power living on the inside for you. Because you have to learn how to access it. The only reason there is resurrection power living on the inside is because Jesus died and rose again from the grave. Now there's no way you're going to become uh, pregnant or, or inhabited, can I say that way, or, or become somebody who's moving out of barrenness into flourishing and increase unless you receive Jesus first. <laughs> Yes, Lord. 
Oh, let me just haul off and punch something. Okay. First John chapter two. First John chapter two. The Lord spoke to me earlier today and it's sort of a disturbing thing. Um, but in actual fact, there are those in the body of Christ and maybe here now, I'm, I, I don't know, I'm not gonna judge anybody, but you, you know, you, you judge people by their fruit. You should judge people by their fruit, you know that, but I'm not running around as a fruit inspector, but I mean, when you see it, you see it. Hello. I remember years ago, in fact, it was the first time one of my kids saw hypocrisy really loud and clear. Some folks in the church, long time ago, folks in the church, and um, they were wanting to have some closer fellowship, their kids and my kids, and I'm not, I wasn't allowing it because I, I just didn't feel good about it, and it was too soon. Listen, you need to pick all your kids' friends until they learn how to pick them themselves. Hello, you say that's controlling. You better believe it's controlling. Absolutely, my kids had never been molested, never will. Why, because it was controlling. Right, so I don't mean like despot, you know, father North Korea, I don't mean that. I mean like, you know, trying to make good choices and help people. So, you know, fellowship at church is one thing, but sleepovers, you know, we don't do that. We might do it now, occasionally here and there, but mostly no. So the answer is no, so the kids hardly ever ask, can I sleep over? No, why, because? Because we don't know what's going on in the house. That's why we don't, we don't really know. Well, they, 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 they go to church, Dad. They love Jesus, Dad. Yeah, they, yeah. But we'll just, just, just wait and see a little bit. And I'll never forget, you know, real disappointment of wanting to have fellowship outside of church, but I didn't have a piece about it. And then later that week, my wife and the kids rolled up at the back of some Chinese restaurant, and there was the whole family, with each with a 40-ouncer in a bag. As I recall the story, that's how I remember it, by the way. Standing there with a 40 ounce. I'm gonna just tell you that Christians don't stand, yeah, the parents. Christians don't stand outside with 40 ounces in paper bags. They do that in Cleveland and stuff. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? They do that in New York. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't know what's up with the bag, because it's like, like really, like it's a soda. I mean, it's a 40 ounce Miller draft or whatever it is, and they're just pounding it. And children knew enough to realize that's drinking. And then there was smoking. And so they're like totally confused. I, 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 I'll never forget talking to them. I, I, Dad, I, they go to church. I said, yeah, they go to church. But they, they were drinking. I said, yep, they were drinking. I'm going somewhere. First John 2. And, and, and they were smoking, Dad. And it was like confusion on their face. Like, how, what? I said, well, not everyone that says they're a Christian are actually a Christian. And I understand people struggle with bondages and there's a sanctification process and I'm not trying to get down on somebody, but at the same time, you can't ignore a text like this. You got it? First John two, verse, uh, let's go with verse three. Oh, listen, if you're not walking with the Lord, this is going to really hurt. This is going to sting because there's posers. 
There's people that actually say they're believers and receive Jesus, but actually by their behavior, it doesn't matter what comes out of somebody's mouth. You can say, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, I serve Jesus, I go to church, I, I pray, I read the Bible. You can say all kinds of praise the Lord and all that. But if your behavior doesn't line up, then you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. And by this we know, by this we know that we know him. So by, the, by what? He's about to tell us. We know that we know God if we keep his commandments. Go to the next verse. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Just leave that up for a second. We're going to just, we're going to, we're going to ride this horse right into the ground. So if you say you love God, but you have a practicing lifestyle, I don't mean you tripped. I mean, you, you habitually, continually go on in your sin when you know it's wrong, then you probably haven't given your life to Christ. It should bother you. In other words, when you mess up, you should be like, oh, God, ah, did it again. Yeah, that, that's a good, that's very good. But if you just all, something wrong with you. Something really wrong. Next verse. But whoever keeps his word, Truly, the love of God is perfected in him. By this, we know that we are in him. How do we know that somebody's in him? Not so much by the words of their mouth. It's not so much by what comes out of their mouth. It's by their actions. It's by what they do. It's not by what they say. It's by what they do. It's not by, by the, the, the cute little posts they put on Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. It's how they live their life day in, day out. Listen, this ought to scare the hell out of you. Some of you need the hell scare out of you. Yeah. Come on, how many of you have any hell in you? Don't raise your hand. It'd be great if you got rid of it. Okay. So we know that we're in him. We know that we're saved. We know that we're born again. We know that we're headed to heaven because we obey his word. We obey his commands. Yeah. Is, can it get any clearer? I mean, is there, is that, is that, that's like crystal, right? Yeah. Next verse. You having fun yet? Bump the person on the right and say, man, I'm so glad I came to Wednesday night church. Isn't it so much fun? We're just so, oh, it's just so much fun. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I'm saved. You saved? And I'm obeying God's word. How about you obey God's word? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. He who says he abides in him ought himself also, oh my, oh my gosh. <laughs> He himself also walked just as he, it's capital H, talking about my hero, your hero, the savior of the world, talking about Jesus. So he who abides in Jesus ought to walk just like he walked. That means, what do you mean walk? What are you talking about walk? You mean like speed walking or what kind of walking? Like on a treadmill walking or what kind of walking? Walk means life. Your life is lived and the same thing that you saw in Jesus and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the same, very same thing that he did ought to actually play it out in your life in an ever-increasing way. And then you have to ask yourself if it's not playing out in an increasing way, is there anything wrong? Wrong, 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 wrong. Next verse. 
Brethren, that's us. I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment, which you have heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Next verse. Verse 8. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. First John is a very, very powerful text of Scripture. It's the acid test for whether you're actually born again and whether Jesus lives on the inside of you or not. So, let me roll it back into Isaiah 54. You're not going to, you're still going to stay barren if you be opposing Christian, if you fake your Christianity. You've got to be born again or you'll have no power, no zeal. There'll be no resurrection. There ain't going to be no increase. There'll be no flourishing. You must be born again. That's the first thing. The second thing is you've got to realize that you might have some broken places. I've been kind of nailing that through, but just to say it again, you realize you may be barren. Take a look at your life. What, where is there barrenness in your life? And then acknowledge it. Come on, God knows everything, so if you've got a place of brokenness, why don't you fess up with your bondage, with your addiction? with your emotional baggage, with your unforgiveness. How about you rat yourself out? I was talking a while back with a, another brother who I've been in covenant with for quite a while. And um, he didn't sound good, you know? Anybody know what I'm talking about? How many of you know the sound of someone's voice? You're like, are you all right? And uh, no, it wasn't all right. So I said, are you all right? Well, no, I'm struggling with some stuff. I said, oh, and we're like really close. I mean, like close, there's, there's, there's no secrets, kind of close. So, so I said, well, what's going on? He says, oh, no, I don't really want to talk about it. I said, okay, uh, well, you can talk about it with somebody. I said, you can talk about it with somebody. Well, I just, you know, I'm really struggling with temptation. I said, oh, bro, what kind of temptation? Um, and I'm, I, I'm, it's kind of uncharacteristic. I'm thinking, um, that's a long silence. So I said, dude, 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 what kind of temptation? He says, oh, I don't, I don't like this conversation. And when he said that to me, I, I'm, I'm usually pretty nice. But I said, oh, you don't like it? Well, you better start liking it because you, you, there ain't no going backwards. You ain't going to go destroy your life, destroy your marriage. You ain't going to go destroy stuff. That's not what you're going to destroy your business. We ain't doing that. You're not doing that. That's not what's happening. So you don't like it. That's extra, that's extra proof to me that you in some deep kimchi, Bubba. So you better just start telling me exactly what's going on. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't want it. Well, I said, I don't, I don't care if you don't want it. I'm going to throw you so under the bus you run over so many times. What was that? It's a bus. Doom, doom. It backed up. Doom, doom. What was that? It's the bus again. Doom, doom. What was that? They backed up over you again. Doom, doom. What was that? Oh, that's the same. Oh, there's another. There's another bus. Where all those buses come? Pastor Bracken sent a whole whole fleet of greyhounds to run me over. Yeah, that's called love. And they were really angry at me. And I said, listen, you ought to love me enough if I sounded weird like you sound weird right now. You ought to love me enough to throw me under the bus. Where's your wife? Put your wife on the phone. How about that? Did you talk to your wife yet? I, I think that's not tongues. I think that's, no, I didn't. <laughs> 
When you have a place of barrenness in your life, confront that thing. Take it head on. Look at it straight in the face and get some people around you that can help you. If it's your cell phone that's bringing you into pornography, how about get rid of it? If you've got some secret thing and some dark thing in your heart, expose that thing. You know, the human heart is amazing in that you you can't control it. You might be in church today, but with your little secret sin, go do that thing one more time and flip, switches off. Don't feel like going to church anymore. Gigs up. You might not ever have another chance. You know the devil's a bad devil. He's like, oh no, when I get all ready, I'm gonna serve the Lord. No, you're not, you ugly thing. No, you ain't. Well, let's move on. Gotta be born again, number two. Realize you may be barren, number three. Make a prophetic proclamation. You know, back to our property, uh, I'm gonna go and do this. Uh, maybe on the way home. We'll see. It's like at every obstacle, I don't know why it is, but it's kind of like every obstacle, every roadblock that we come to with the property, I get to the point where I'm like, that's it. That's it. That's it now. Uh, that's it. And I get out, I go out on the property. I'm like, in the name of Jesus, this thing's going to be built. And I just go nuts all by myself. <laughs> I've had Danny standing there. Sometimes I'm by myself and I just prophesy and declare it. And sure enough, poof, the next week breakthrough. Imagine that. It's almost like, man, that devil is just, he overplays his cards. It's like you're, it's like you're playing poker. And the, and the guy turns around and looks at and shows you all his hand and then comes back. <laughs> He's always tipping his cards. I mean, I'm not a card player, but it's an old expression. <laughs> And so, you know, if he's constantly hitting you in a place and then you pray and respond with a shout, you, you, you respond with a prophetic decree, a proclamation. Oh, no, I'm going to go through this thing. I'm going to be healed. My marriage is going to go through. The finances are going to happen. The church is going to be built. I'm going to fulfill the plan of God in my life. And then you see, poof, you see breakthrough. That ought to tell you something. Yeah. You know, we've had people that have come, we have people from all walks of life, doctors, lawyers, you know, drug addicts, people that used last week, last night, people that have been free for decades. We have everything, all, every cross section of Alaska is here. You know what I've noticed with people that come in off the drugs or alcohol, it's fa- and, and really it's any bondage. They come in, they make a they purpose in their heart, bound to live for God. That the next day, the next week, it's usually everything's free. Brother Demon comes over and offers you everything free. You couldn't find money to do the stuff the week before, but now it's like, what's up? That audit, that's the devil going, tipping his hand and showing you his cards. Am I getting through to you? Make a proclamation, sing, shout. There's gotta come, please read my white lips. There's got to come a realization in your life that Christ lives on the inside of you. And no matter what obstacles challenge your temptation, if you'll learn to live from the place of the new creation, then you will walk in victory all your life. The problem is we don't really know that. We, we don't really have our identity in Christ. 
And as a result, we don't call on the Lord and pull up buckets of joy out of wells of salvation. And we don't learn to sing in the midst of our barrenness because we don't really know who we are. Nolan Ball, who's an unusual preacher, starts his service with a gavel. You know what a gavel is? A judge uses it. That's how they open their service. You know why? Because he understands the government of God. He understands the, the government of God. He understands that the church is not just a little patty cake club for Jesus. The church is actually the ecclesia of God. It's the called out assembly of God. That's where they got the name from. The nios of God. It's the dwelling place of God. That when we come together as a people. And we come together filled with his spirit. Born again. Baptized in the fire of the Holy Ghost. Cleansed from the former things. Now used for noble purposes. And we understand our God-given identity and begin to declare that and proclaim that, then when we pray, God moves and things change. Governments change. Weather patterns can change. God releases his, listen, God releases his power through his church, but most of the church is anemic and defiled. They're defiled. And so they're, they're all stuck on the, the stuff on TV and blown up by the entertainment of Hollywood with no beholding that which is of the city. Did you catch that? And as a result, we don't have a transformation that takes place in individuals. And so we have people that say they love Jesus, but according to 1 John chapter 2, really the whole book, they're fornicating. They're not tithing doing drugs, they're lying, they're stealing, they're cheating, and they're saying they love God. Now, I'm not talking about the sanctification process because there is a sanctification. People that get saved, you know, they, a man that got saved all those years ago came in, tie-dyed, dreadlock. He had all kinds of buds, like dope, stuck in his hair. He got saved, weeping, crying. He leaves. He comes back to church that night. He gets touched again. He leaves. I, I start discipling him, helping him. He's living in a tent. It's a true story. Living in a tent. He had nothing. I didn't go up to him and say, now here's what you need to do. You need to shave that nasty hair of yours. By the way, it smells. And tie-dye ain't in anymore. Then I went out with the Grateful Dead. And you should ought to just get rid of your dope smoking because you don't smoke dope and going to church, ain't it? I didn't do any of that. I don't know why I didn't. I just didn't have a religious thing like that. I'm all of those things. You can wear tie-dye if you want to. I mean, I... But smoking dope is definitely wrong. I think there could be medicinal uses, but I, I'm not going to go there. Most people say they got a medicinal purpose. Don't believe God for getting actually healed and smoke dope and stay stoned because of their brokenness in their own life. And just, you know, now they got a license to smoke dope. And so they smoke dope and, and Jesus help us. Funny what happened to this guy is he kept coming. And I'll never forget after the first couple weeks of church, he said, hey, uh, man, I feel like... You know, I get stoned a lot. I was like, no, no kidding. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like God doesn't want me to smoke pot. I said, no kidding. He says, yeah, man. I said, yeah. He says, do you think that's God? I said, yep. I think that's on his own. Nobody said anything to him. I said, yep. And we looked at some scriptures, and went over some of that and just discussed it. And he's like, wow, man. All right, I'm going to quit. Boom, he quits. 
two weeks later, he's like, I just don't feel like wearing my tie-dye clothes. They're all nasty. I, I oh, wow. Awesome. So he gets some clothes from the five and dime or whatever, you know, the bargain basket or whatever it was, and starts wearing some different clothes. Then he says to me, if you, if you, a week later, somebody says, you know what? I don't think I'm supposed to have this hair anymore. You know, it's, it's kind of smells. I'm like, no kidding. Wow. Amazing. So he shaves his head. He actually had an ant farm. Another guy, another, I saw another guy. What are those mean things from the fall? Uh, centipedes. Another guy had a centipede branch. And he started biting him in line. He fell out. Anyway. Yeah. I don't have any of those problems. <laughs> so he, he, he gets rid of his, gets rid of his hair. He, he puts his, his hand to being discipled. He starts growing. He lets go of all of his past. He lets go of everything and just serves God like crazy. He's a multimillionaire right now. He had this incredible creative ideas to do all this stuff. He did it, made a business. He's a multimillionaire. He just bought this amazing house. He's got this beautiful wife, children, blessed. Not that money doesn't mean you're blessed, but I'm saying he did get money. He began to draw on the truth of his born-again reality. You have to understand there's new creation realities. Don't stay in the old place that you're at. The barrenness will go. And you learn, to, you learn to make a proclamation. Here's what God's going to do in my life. Here's what he's going to do. He's going to do this. Boom, 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 boom. Amen. You do that, Pastor? Yep, I'm going to write a book. Probably write a couple books. Going to build a church. Going to see thousands upon thousands of people saved. My kids are going to serve God all their life. They'll never be unequally yoked with unbelievers. They're going to prosper, fulfill their destiny. I'm going to be the head all my life, not the tail. I'm going to be the lender, not the borrower. I'm just believe all that stuff. You need to learn to speak it, right? Proclamation. I'm almost done. Almost done. Got to take action. Stretch. Stretch out your tent pegs. What action can you take right now that's opposite of what your barrenness is? I mean, shout, proclaim, and then do something. Do, what is the stretch that you can do? Stretch marks are beautiful. <laughs> in the spirit, I mean. Listen, you ought to stretch. If you're just living in a place of being comfortable, that's not, God didn't, God didn't save you so you could be comfortable. He came to afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted. I'm almost done. Everybody say stretch. Don't yield to fear. Don't be selfish. Overcome the barrenness in your life. Can you say amen? Learn to shout. Do you know depressed people, you've heard me say it before, depressed people cannot shout. And I will tell you, a depressed person that starts to shout doesn't stay depressed. And I don't mean shouting anger. I mean shouting, lifting their voice. Do you get something tonight? Come on, stand up on your feet all across this place. Strengthen your stakes, it goes on to say. That's a picture of walking together with brothers and sisters. A threefold cord is not easily broken. By the way, I'm, I'd like to report that the repeated running over of the Greyhound fleet 
over my friend, brought about change, and he passed the test, and he moved on into victory. You don't have to fail. I said, you don't have to fail. You're not designed to fail. He hasn't intended you to fail. He's intended you to prosper and he's given you everything you need for life and godliness. So you may not like feel like you have it, but if you'll begin to declare that you do and begin to take steps of proclamation and action and stretching out your cords and, and strengthening your stakes, which means coming together with other people doing the same thing, then you will see God pour into your life and make you, oh, I got to give you this last part because it's so good. Verse 3. Your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. The word for, or dispossess, dispossess the, the inhabitants is the word yarash in Hebrew. It means to inherit something from someone else means to occupy. It means to utterly succeed and take over. That's what God has for you. God has utter success for you to take over. But if you wait for him to do it, then you have missed it. You have to, my dad used to say, God helps everybody, gives them a shovel. Now get digging. It's a measure of truth to that. You have to do it yourself. You have to stand yourself. You have to, you have to agree, you have to fight, you have to declare, declare, you have to proclaim, you gotta live holy, all of those things. But then he gives you the power to do it, the desire to do it. Do you get something? Come on, lift your hands, lift your voice, and just call on the Lord right now. Ask him to help you in the midst of your barrenness. Come on, we got a vision to fulfill. We're gonna see it come to pass. We're going to see you come to pass. Lord, we speak over every desolate place. Come on, you do that. We speak over every desolate place. We speak life. We speak healing, wholeness, blessing, increase, satisfaction, fulfillment. Depression, you got to go. Discouragement, you've got to go. You may not stay. We defy every assignment of darkness. We're healed and whole by the power of the name of Jesus. Sickness go, infirmity go. Can they live long, full, satiated lives? Blessed in the city, blessed in the field.
say this with me. I will overcome all of my life because he overcame. I am more than a conqueror through Christ who died and rose again from the grave for me. I have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead because I'm born again and Christ lives in my heart. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places far above all rule power and darkness. I'm blessed. In fact, I'm too blessed to stress. God's on the throne. The devil has been defeated. All I got to do is walk it out. And though my emotions might try to lie to me, and certain circumstances try to mock me, I will sing. And I will declare, I will proclaim that I am blessed in every way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together for God. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're not right with God tonight, don't you leave this place in that condition that you walked in. If you need to get right with Jesus, don't you wait for one more service because you might not have one. This could be your last service. Get right. Don't take his kindness for weakness. This isn't some stupid little religious game we're playing. It's, it's not a game. There is a real hell. There's a real heaven. Hell was not, not created or intended for you. God's intention for you is not to go there. That's why he sent his one and only son to die on a cross. That whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. I've said it so many times before. You could have baptismal waters dripping off your face and still split hell wide open. You have to be so aggressive? Yes, because there's a religious spirit sort of hovering around some folks trying to mess with you. I'm just trying to backhand that thing a little bit. You need to get serious with God because it might be your last service. And I've said that before, and it has been some people's last service. I hope it isn't. I hope you just live forever and go to heaven. But you got to test your own. Some of you were playing with stuff. You still go back and do drugs. You still go back and do the thing that he saved you from. And he's just about, he's just about ready to let his hand go and let you have that. Romans 1, go read it. On a scary. And, and if you keep doing the thing that you know that he's rebuked you already and is rebuking you now for, you continue to do it. Then the fear of God has not been perfected in your life yet. And then you might just take another time around the mountain. That could be really ugly. You might not make it all the way around. Oh, you may. I mean, I pray you do. Listen, why don't you just get serious and for real? For real, give your heart to Jesus or make a recommitment. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus first time or make a recommitment. It's the last thing we'll do in the service and we'll close. If that's you, just you and Jesus. If that's you, pray right out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Wash and cleanse me now. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. 
and teach me to fear the Lord, to fear your name. Awe mixed with reverence. And that I would live for you all of my life. Give me a hunger for the word, a hunger for the things of God. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you. I pray for those who might be under condemnation from the enemy because they've been trying to walk the walk and just keep tripping. I pray, Lord, that they would not be under condemnation. They'd be loose and freed from that, but they would continue on in their discipleship and the sanctification process. Daily reckoning the death of Jesus Christ in their life and alive to God but dead to sin. Daily doing that and living for you. Heart, mind, soul, strength, eye gates, ear gates. God, all of that. Help those who are being sanctified. I pray they're encouraged tonight. And I pray, God, for each and every one of us, Lord, that you would help us to produce fruit worthy of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Come on, just lift your hands and bless you. We're done. Holy Spirit, come and bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us, O oh God. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace. In Jesus' holy name, and everyone said amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.